everybody Derek and Tom back to you on uh, Friday morning here I hate when I got to start out with that carpenter song rainy days and Sundays but uh, that's the feeling uh, this morning and uh, obviously from yesterday for Deshaun Watson owners uh, out for the year with a torn ACL it's just a just a terrible situation all the way around Tom Tom give me your thoughts on this yeah I mean there's really not much to add that everybody hasn't said already it's it's horrible it's horrible for the fantasy owners it's horrible for the Texans horrible for the NFL. I mean, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but you certainly don't want your bright stars to get hurt, and there's no question Watson was emerging as that type of player. The Texans, you know, they were looking at a division championship, you know, with that offense as good as they were. I know their defense is terrible, but he's been so good offensively, but now it's it's over. They're done. Tom Savage is terrible. From a fantasy perspective, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, he was pushing to be the best wide receiver in fantasy with Watson. He's I bump him down to number two status. I mean, we saw the first half of week one. Now, granted, that was against the Jaguars, and that defense is great. But, you know, Savage is terrible. So you bump Hopkins down to two. I bump Fuller all the way down to four. I, I Wide receiver four? Him. Wide receiver four. Oh I mean, I, I, he's not, I mean, he's a boomer bust guy. Could he hit on some plays? Sure. But do you have any confidence that Savage is going to be able to throw deep balls to him? I don't. No. I move him down to a four. I wouldn't be starting him. I mean, this week is tough. Six teams on a bye. The matchup is is crazy good. The Colts are terrible, but it's risky. Lamar Miller. Yeah, I'm not far. I mean, I don't. Neither one of us like Lamar Miller to no. begin with, but we like him a lot less with with a bad quarterback. So he's risky. Uh, it's just bad. It's it's terrible. Greg and I have him in the FSTA league. We picked him up off waivers weeks ago. Nobody was on him. We picked him up just to be our Matt Ryan bye week replacement. And he'd obviously been starting over Matt Ryan, so cut him this, cut him yesterday. Picked up Jacoby Brissett, so we're back in on Matt Ryan. We're first in points by a mile because we have him and Watkins, uh, Hopkins, excuse me. And uh, it, yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, it's just sending a bunch of people scrambling. I mean, I I owned Watson in one league, and I'm probably going to get hit the least as much as anybody can as I, I have Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was my, I drafted Wilson. I picked Watson up, right? So, I mean, I, I was having tough decisions on, on who to start anyways. Um, I actually started Russell over uh, Watson last week in that shootout. So I'm going to get 
affected as about as little as anyone possibly can. But uh, listen to this real quick. My home league, we have uh, uh, this is the league we talked about last week. It's it's a kind of a modified standard. But one of the guys had uh, as of yesterday morning had uh, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, and Marcus Mariota as his quarterbacks. In the time, in the span of about, I'm not even kidding. It was 45 minutes. Uh, yesterday was our trade deadline, so he actually traded Wentz to get um, Des Bryant, which was great. And he actually, and I don't know why he did this, but then he cut Marcus Mariota to pick up Josh Gordon because he has some premonition, oh, like Josh God. Gordon's going to some. And then he gets the news on Deshaun Watson, who's now out for the year. So now he has none of those. He cannot pick up Mariota until next week. He goes into the free agent pool, so he's going to have to try and get him back. So he had to pick up Jacoby Brissett just like you guys did. So he went from that situation to Jacoby Brissett in the All span right. of an hour. I'm not even kidding. That's how I got how no, I got no sympathy for anybody who cuts Marcus Mariota for Josh I Gordon. Agree. So you, you lost me there. The, the Wentz <laughs> one was bad luck, but now you, you get. He lost me there. Here's here's who's affected. I had on the serious show on Wednesday night. Todd Ullman and Sam Botnick are leading the yep. primetime contest. They are eight and zero. Their quarterbacks, who they both drafted, they drafted both of them. Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson. They drafted Watson as their backup. They've been rolling with Brady. They finally were going to be able to unleash Deshaun Watson this week because Brady's on by. But obviously, they're hitting the waiver wire tonight. Yep. And I don't even I didn't look see what's out there in the league, but I can't imagine it's anything great. But it's a it's a huge hit to the leader in the primetime contest for week nine. You know, obviously they'll get Brady back next week yep. and be okay, but for this week it's gonna be tough. Well, nice that they're sitting at eight and zero and lead the league and lead the whole thing at points. So they're they're gonna be okay. Well, yeah. I mean they've got a great team, but the point is yeah, I mean, you're making on yep. about a thirty pointer this week at your quarterback position. You're finally getting Watson in there and you might might get down to ten. You know, depending on who you end up with, you know, again, I don't know who's on the way. Maybe Brissett is out there. It's a great matchup for him. I'm starting him in one league where my, you know, my quarterbacks are Jameis Winston and Phillip Rivers, so I picked up Brissett to start him over Winston. But, uh, yeah, it's it's just a bummer. Yeah, well, good, you know, good luck to everyone trying to fi figure out the situation with Watson. A lot of people are just back to what they started the year with because Watson wasn't drafted a lot anyways. And obviously a lot of people, not in our leagues, you can't make trades, but in home leagues people have made trades and whatever. So good luck trying to uh, navigate the rest of the season without Watson. Just it's very unfortunate. On a positive note, um, Zeke Elliott granted a temporary stay again. So he will play Sunday against the Chiefs. Uh, this situation just keeps going. I mean, it's it's getting ridiculous. Uh, they, I Again, I'm not a great legal mind, but I, to me, this is... I don't even know what to think about it anymore. He's playing this week. I, I got a feeling this just... That now it's up to the, you know, the Court of Appeals in, in second... Uh, district, whatever. So there's nine of these appellate courts right across the across the country. So it's up. It's it's as high as it can go until it hits the Supreme Court. At this point, um, Zeke's playing. I mean, obviously you're running them out there. I don't. Neither one of us know what's going to happen the rest of the way. I think it's just getting crazy. I think the NF. I, what do you think here? I don't even know what to think anymore. Well, I, I, again, I'm not a lawyer either. I'm, I don't understand how all this is working. But it seems to me that either the appeal holds or the suspension holds. I don't know why they can – one court can say, ah, no, you can't keep the appeal. Then the next court says, no, you can keep the appeal. I mean, at some point, there's got to be legal precedent here to just say, this is what's happening. The appeal stands, he plays the rest of the season, or the suspension stands, stop fucking appealing all the time. No, I understand why he's doing it, but right. what I don't understand is why courts keep saying – one court says, yeah, you can appeal, then the other court says, no, you can't. I don't get it. 
obviously, the problem here is, keep in mind, if the suspension does go back in, now you start talking about removing him for December game. I mean, a good chunk of your playoff run, if you're the Cowboys, I understand why he's appealing. He believes he's innocent, and if you believe you're innocent, you should appeal. I have no problem with that. But from a football standpoint, we're starting to run into a dangerous time here if this appeal, suspension, appeal, suspension, appeal, suspension keeps going on because at some point he can get knocked out for you know the entire month of December, which are huge games, obviously, especially with the Cowboys where they're at. But for Week 9, obviously, you're, you're, you're right. He's back in. It's a great matchup. There should be a shootout between the Cowboys and the Chiefs. So everybody's looking good there. But I'll say this. I, there's one league I'm in where both Morris and McFadden were available. I didn't spend any money on him at all. I didn't make a bid because on Wednesday I had read that this is exactly what the NFLPA was pushing for, a Friday injunction to get him to play. And I was like, I'm not screw it. I'm not spending a dime on this situation because he could very well show up on Sunday and play. And sure enough, he's going to show up on Sunday and play. Yeah, I, I hear you. We were uh, in our uh, daily draft lobby last night. Somebody was making fun of themselves as they got auto-drafted and took, you know, got Pick Zeke twice uh, in different in different daily drafts, and I said, oh, you know, keep your fingers crossed. There's still a there's still a good shot. I said I put it at about 25 percent that he's playing Sunday. Now, obviously, he is. The, I think the funniest thing in this whole thing is the last judge that put the suspension back on on whatever day that was, Monday or Tuesday, is was the wife of a lawyer a lawyer yeah. at the firm that the NFL used that the NFL, the NFL used to get this suspension put on Zeke. So it's like. If that's not a, like some type of conflict of interest, I don't know what technically could be, but this this just keep, keeps getting weirder. So let's he's playing this week, and I, I got a feeling he plays all year. I feel this this decision happens in the off season, so I, I got a good premonition that Zeke all along I felt he's going to play the whole season. So I think we leave it at that for now. Uh, move on to last night's game. Um, 34-21 win by Buffalo. Wasn't that close. Or, excuse me, the Jets. Wasn't that close. The Buffalo gets a couple of late touchdowns. Tyrod pads his stats. Um, thoughts on last night's game? Uh, yeah, I mean, shocking. I don't think anybody saw this coming. I mean, the Bills' run defense in particular had been fantastic. And so, of course, Matt Forte and Bilal Powell run all over him. Uh, Forte, I, you know, I've, I've talked about Forte on the, on the podcast. I've liked him. Because he has a solid floor. He's got about a 10-point floor in PPR, which is fantastic. You'll take that. Of course, the two things that weren't happening, big rushing numbers and touchdowns, and they go bonkers for him. So if you started Matt Forte, well done. You got a lot more than you should have expected, so you're off to a plus start. Uh, You're right, Tyrod came through again. Uh, He's been pretty solid lately. Josh McCown's been rock solid, steady uh, as well. Uh, Robbie Anderson didn't have a great matchup on paper, but he came through. Really, the one guy who didn't was Austin Sperian Jenkins. That's because the fucking officials <laughs> fucked him out of another fucking touchdown again. What in the flying fuck is going on? What did Austin Sperian Jenkins do to get fucked, not once, but twice now? By, I mean, seriously, that was a horseshit penalty. Bill's fans were on Twitter going, that really was bad. I mean, it was horrible. Yeah, he fucking didn't do it. He barely touched the guy. It didn't impact the play. It certainly didn't create any additional separation. Nothing fucking happened. So Austin Safarian Jenkins goes from a, a productive night to a shit night yep. because the officials fucked him again. I am so... I'm the commissioner in one of the leagues where I've got him. I'm giving myself nice. the fucking points. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck it. He's got those fucking points. They were stolen from him. 
fuck that. We should not be rewarding thievery. That's against what my mom and dad taught me when I was growing up in Wanakee, Wisconsin. But no, we're going to let the fucking officials do this to him again. Motherfuckers, that pissed me off. Yeah, that, uh, two, that's two games in a row. Just getting, it, yeah, right. What, he did something. Yeah, obviously, uh, Safarian Jenkins just uh, not on, not on the fantasy football or in real football God's side. That's for sure. One thing we need to talk about: Lashawn McCoy is turning yeah. into like the Ben Roethlisberger of running backs. He has huge games at home and basically disappears on the road. This this is I don't have the stats sitting in front of me right now, but this has become I mean. This is almost a year-long thing where he's having he he has great numbers at, at home, but he he's a sit on the road if you can believe that. What what's going on there? Yeah, I I mean, and the matchup was great. I mean, the Jets' run defense is among the worst in the NFL. They just get torched. So nobody again, nobody saw that coming. I, I Safarian Jenkins wasn't the only one who didn't help. McCoy was really bad because the matchup was an A plus. It was very reminiscent of JHI last week against a great matchup and shit in the bed all over himself. But McCoy at least is talented. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have an explanation for it. Um, they didn't use him in the passing game. No, I mean, one target. Hell? One target, no he catches. Was, yeah, he was their leading receiver, and they don't use him in the passing game at all. I mean, again, if you're going to – this. I don't understand this, especially with a guy like Shady who's good in the, in the passing game. If the running's being taken away from you, get his hands on the ball in the passing game. Now, that should be mandatory coaching 101 for all running backs, but especially for a guy like LaShawn yeah. McCoy, who's a terrific receiver. But, yeah, baffling game plan by the Bills, baffling adjustments, failure to adjust, and a, a poor, poor night for Shady McCoy. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, two point five PPR points last night. That's not gonna. That's yeah, not that's gonna help brutal. anybody out from your. And again, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the Broncos. This was the freaking Jets yeah. who have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Ah, that's uh, hopefully he bounces back next week. If he's at home, he'll have a monster game. That's for sure. Um, all right, let's move on to the Sunday slate. Uh, first game on the docket: Denver and Philly. Um, you starting? I know you're. You're not a big JHI fan. What do you, do you think he plays a lot this week, or what? Do you, what are your feelings there? No, I don't think he plays much at all. If he does play, I mean, maybe a handful of carries or so, they're not going to throw him out there. And even if he was getting 20 carries against this defense, he'd be a bad option. They're going to have to win it with Carson Wentz here. They're going to have to win it with Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. Those are really the only two guys in the Philly offense I'd be having be starting at all, certainly with any level of confidence. But honestly, even with six teams on a bye, get Elshon Jeffrey out of your lineups. Get out Nelson Aguilar out of those lineups. And Blunt and Ajayi don't start. All right, Denver side, Brock Osweiler takes over as the quarterback. Uh, downgrades to Thomas here, or it doesn't matter because Simeon is bad. Yeah, I mean, he's he's awful. I mean, that, that, that that's how bad Trevor Simeon was, that a clearly horrible quarterback was the only choice that could be made here. They had to do this. I Yeah, I, I'm not excited about either one of them. I, I think, you know, for PPR, you know, low floors, six teams on by, you know, you should be okay. They should get enough targets. But, again, Osweiler's terrible. So uh, I don't like C.J. Anderson at all in this matchup. The Eagles' run defense is very good. So from the Denver side, yeah, you're starting Thomas. You're starting Sanders. But you shouldn't be expecting a lot with Osweiler there. Gotcha. All right, we'll move on to the to the Rams and Giants. Rams uh, bought a field goal, three-and-a-half-point three favorites at the, on the road at the Giants. Um, thoughts on this game? I uh, what do you think about Orleans Darkwa here? Rams have been run on pretty pretty heavily this year. What are your thoughts on Darkwa in this game? Uh, I like him. I like him actually, especially again six teams on a bye. Everybody's looking for somebody. I, I like him a lot. I love the Rams 
everywhere this week. No Janoris Jenkins means Sammy Watkins has a shot. You know, Robert Woods has quietly been a solid player. Cup is all right. Gurley, obviously. But Jared Goff, I love the Rams this week. Start them all. Start them. Get Sammy Watkins in your line. I may not say that again. I may not say that again the rest (laughs) of the season because he's... Yeah, their matchups are brutal, but this week, no Jenkins helps him a lot. I like Watkins quite a bit. All right, there you go. There's one. That's that's a bold call, a semi-bold call. Get Watkins back in your lineups. I like it. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, second highest uh, number on the on the board in the over-under at 52. Is this a start them all if you got them type game? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, it's, it's difficult uh, from the Buccaneers' perspective because, you know, Jameis Winston is, is hurting, clearly is hurting. Um, and the Saints' defense has been playing well, and they're playing very well against passing games. So I'm not fired up about the, the, the Buccaneers here. I'm really not. You start Mike Evans, obviously, you start him every week. But Marshawn Latimer, that's no joke. He's, he's legit. So that's going to be a fun matchup. I'd stay away from Doug Martin. I'm not fired up about him. For the Saints, Drew Brees shit the bed last week at home. I don't think he shifts it this week. The Buccaneer pass defense is terrible. Starting all your key Saints. Obviously, I love Ingram and Kamara this week, but uh, I think Breeze bounces back as well. All righty. Cincinnati and Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville, obviously, great defense. Uh, how's A.J. Green going to fare in this one? Yeah, it's a brutal matchup. But here's the plus. If you're looking for anything for A.J. Green, and you're starting A.J. Green because yeah, he's A.J. Yeah, Green. Right. But if you're looking for anything here, the only two times the Jaguars and Jalen Ramsey have faced elite wide receivers, those two elite wide receivers tore them up. Antonio Brown had a monster game against them, and DeAndre Hopkins caught like seven balls, 50-plus yards, and a touchdown. So both of them put up numbers. If they feed Green, get him the targets, he can come out of here with a, with a, with a solid day. But obviously it's a tough, tough matchup, and you're not starting anybody else on the Bengals. Stay away from – I mean, I know that you can run on the Jags a little bit here, but I don't trust Joe Mixon. So really, you start A.J. Green, and you just hope get a touchdown and get out of there with 14, 15 points. All right, on the Jags side, uh, sounds like Marquise Lee may not play. Does that uh, lend you to want to play Alan Hearns or even a D.D. Westbrook in, oh, in the Oh, stop with the D.D. What the fuck is, what the hell, people? I've gotten about 100 D.D. Westbrook questions this week. Who's still the quarterback there? Uh, some guy named Blocky Bortels or something? Yeah. Yeah, come on, people. Their quarterback hasn't changed. They didn't get Joe Montana during the bye week. <laughs> Their quarterback still stinks. Their whole offensive mentality is to prevent him from throwing the football. They don't want him throwing the football. They get Fournette back. He's going to get his touches. He's going to be the focal point. Can you roster D.D. Westbrook? Sure, of course you can. Take him, Put him on your roster, see what happens. But I know there's six teams on a bye, but good Lord, people, no. Until, no, no. <laughs> All right, Fournette. I mean- yeah, Fournette, obviously, get him back in there. Uh, he's awesome. All right, next game, Atlanta, one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Carolina. I'm not sure I agree with that line. These Atlanta lines the last two weeks have been kind of weird. But uh, let's talk real quick. Our, our last podcast was on Tuesday, and we recorded about 15 minutes before the uh, Kelvin Benjamin trade. So he's out of Carolina, obviously didn't play last night. But how, what does that do on the Carolina side to, say, Devin Funches and maybe Christian McCaffrey? What are your thoughts there? Uh, I mean, Funches has to be their go-to guy. The problem is he's not an ex-receiver, which is where they have to move him now. He plays on the other side. So it's a work in progress here. I'm not fired up about this matchup, really, on a number of levels. I'm not fired up about it for Cam. 
Uh, McCaffrey is who he is. He's a safe PPR play because he should catch a lot of balls. I'm okay with him. The Atlanta offense is really struggling, and now they go against Carolina's solid defense. You don't run on the Panthers, so Devonta Freeman and Coleman aren't looking great. Uh, Matt Ryan's been struggling. Of course, you start Julio, but yeah, honestly, Mohamed Sanu might be the safest damn player on this field, which wow. is kind of crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Because yeah, he, he's been solid every game he plays, so I like him. Obviously, you start Julio. Um, you start Freeman and Coleman, too, but again, the Panther defense is pretty darn good. This could be a surprisingly low-scoring game Sunday. Yeah, over-under has it at 42.5. What do you think about the line? Do you? I mean, basically what Vegas is saying, they they have, on a neutral field, they have Atlanta 4.5 points better than Carolina at this point. Does that does that seem right? I mean, just watching these teams? I don't know. That doesn't seem right to me. I know they're, well, is it, it's still the aspect that they were last year's NFC champs. And yeah, the Super Bowl. And, they're, and they're so much more talented on offense. I mean, the their skill position talent is significantly better. I'm okay with that. But again, this Carolina defense is a good defense. You know, the problem here is I don't know if Carolina's offense can score enough points, you know, and if Atlanta breaks through with a couple, two touchdowns could win this game here for either team. So I really think it's going to be low scoring. I do think the Panthers can win being at home. They are at home, right? Yeah, this is yeah, it's in, yeah, it's uh, in Carolina. Yeah, sorry, it's Friday. Um, I do like them, but I think it's going to... 13 to 10, that wouldn't shock me. Okay. I mean, honestly, I, I don't trust either of these offenses right now. All right, so basically you're saying you're thinking low scoring, and so yeah. you know, other than other than the main stars like Julio, you, you, you're kind of sitting people here, okay? Uh, well, Freeman, no, again, well, you start, uh, you, you Freeman, start Coleman. Sure. Uh, if you got Ryan, you're starting him. If You know, you don't have a better option. It's just lower the expectations here. With Julio, you never know. Julio dropped like what, 500 yards on this defense last year. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's kind of good, but... Honestly, you know, you just got to lower the expectations a little bit. All right. <clears throat> Indianapolis and Houston. Houston now only less than a touchdown favorite. It was almost two touchdowns yesterday before the uh, before the Watson injury came down. Um, not a lot of starts in this. Obviously, you're starting Hopkins and probably having to start Fuller. But other than that, what about on the Indianapolis side? You, you starting anybody here? Uh, I, I, You know, Jacoby Brissett's not a bad option. The Houston defense is bad. Yep. I mean, it's really freaking bad. So Brissett's not a bad option. I, I know it's been a struggle for T.Y. Hilton, but this matchup is terrific for him. I think he, he can come through. I like Marlon Mack a lot here. I liked him a lot before the injury because I figured the Colts could be thrown in a ton trying to catch up. But obviously the game could be closer. But even if it is, both him and Gore are getting double-digit carries. So I like Marlon Mack here. Gore is a solid play, um, but I think he lacks the upside that Mack has. So I do like the Colts here a little bit. Jack Doyle, you start him. He's solid. Um, so I do like the Colts here because Houston's defense is really, really bad. But from the Houston perspective, yeah, I mean, you're starting Hopkins because you have to. I think you start Miller because they're going to run it a ton. Yeah. They have to. I mean, they can't let Tom Savage throw it. So, But I, I don't feel good about Fuller. Uh, I don't feel good about Ryan Griffin. Hey, here's one, though, I want to say that C.J. Fedorowicz could be back next week for Houston. Oh, there we go. If he's sitting on your waiver yes, wire, pick him up now. He was a huge factor in week one, even with Tom Savage at quarterback, he was getting a lot of targets before he had that concussion. So if you need some tight end help, and pretty much everybody does, I think right. at least one league, go get C.J. Fedorowicz. Good point. Potential top ten tight end rest of the season if he comes back yep. right there. All right. Yep. Uh, Baltimore, Tennessee, other than uh, firing up Justin Tucker and Ryan Suck up here, <laughs> what uh, what else do you think in this game? Yeah, that's going to be a tough. I do like, you know what? I, I Here's a sleeper pick. I love Jeremy Macklin this week, especially really? Mike Wallace okay. probably won't play. Yep. The Titans secondary, you can throw on yep. him. 
Flacco's going to play. I like Jeremy Macklin. I like Alex Collins because he should get volume here. And if they use him in the passing game like they did last week, I like Alex Collins a lot. I think there's going to be a close game because both defenses can, can get after you a little bit. So I like Collins for the volume. I like Jeremy Macklin if you need a wide receiver play, uh, wide receiver three play with some upside from Tennessee. DeMarco Murray, I know it's a, it, you don't know what to think about the Ravens' run defense. Are they what they, we saw against Miami or what they saw every other year, every other week? Yeah. But you start DeMarco Murray, he's going to get volume. What are we thinking um, on with wide receivers in in Tennessee at this point? It just seems I, like a mix him. of... Uh, we got to see about Delaney Walker. They still think he's going to play even though he hasn't practiced. It's not a great matchup for him, but he's Delaney Walker, so you start him. It's a bad matchup for the wide receivers. It's a very bad matchup. So even though Corey Davis is back, and I like Corey Davis a lot, I wouldn't be throwing him into a lineup unless I had no choice. Same with Rashard Matthews this week. Decker, it sounds like Decker's being demoted here with yeah. Davis back, so he's droppable at this point. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'm, I'm avoiding all those wide receivers there. All right, on to the late slate. Arizona at San Francisco. Ah, yeah, this ought to be fun. <laughs> uh, two shit teams going at it. Adrian Peterson probably could get 50 carries in this game, so you're starting him. It's a great matchup for him. They really don't have any choice but to give him the ball a lot. Uh, no Pierre Garcon. San Francisco, he's out for the year. That quietly season, wasn't yeah. talked about yesterday. It was obviously all the Watson stuff, but that's a big blow. I mean, he was. they have two players on offense. They have Carlos Hyde and Pierre Garçon. So they're down to one, <laughs> and now it's Carlos Hyde. So yeah, I, I, I don't like the matchup for Hyde, but again, with six teams on a bye, he's a tough guy to sit. Um, for Arizona, I don't like Fitzgerald. It's a great matchup, but Drew Stanton just is awful. Yeah. I guess if you got to start them with six teams on bye, you do it. John Brown, Jerron Brown, J.J. Nelson, they're all droppable at this point with Palmer out. Peterson's the one guy in this game I really like. All right, I agree there, too. All right, on to Washington at Seattle. Seattle, a touchdown favorite <clears throat> at home in the Northwest. Uh, I like this game. I think it's going to be a, a, an interesting game to watch. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, obviously you're starting Russell Wilson. He is rolling right now from the Seattle perspective. Doug Baldwin should avoid Josh Norman most of the games. You start him. Obviously, you start Jimmy Graham. I do like Paul Richardson here because he is their big play threat, and you can make plays downfield against Seattle. We saw it last week with uh, Houston and Sean Watson. So I still like Paul Richardson here. Um, excuse me, Paul Richardson against Washington. Washington. Sorry. Yep. Let me back up on that. I like Paul Richardson because I, I think they can keep him away from Josh Norman enough, and I like the big play ability there downfield against Washington. Tyler Lockett could see the most of Josh Norman, so he's the one I'm skeptical of. Seattle's going to give the ball to Eddie Lacy, it sounds like. We don't know what that means. Why? We don't know what he's going to do, because they have to. I mean, honestly, Thomas Rawls is, is horrible. I know Eddie's. I know what Eddie is, but Rawls is terrible. So, with six teams on a bye, RB3, what the hell, I guess. You know, don't expect much. Uh, from Washington... The wide receivers are all shit. The Josh Jackson thing, that's over. Get a, Avoid them all. Crowder, we'll have to see if he plays. Jordan Reed won't play, so Vernon Davis is an option. Cousins just finds a way to throw for yardage, though, because right. he checks down to Chris Thompson 50 times a game. <laughs> so you start him. Chris Thompson, you start. That's about it. All right. Uh, then my favorite game, KC at Dallas. This start is them a, all. Start them all, right? Get, get them all. Get them all in there. Yep. Get them all in there. This is going to be a shootout. Love everything about this game from a fantasy perspective. Kickers, I mean, Nugent was a machine last yeah, week. If you yeah. got him off the waiver wire, Dan Bailey owners had to be sitting there going, what the fuck, man? Are you kidding me? Five field goal attempts? I couldn't get one for my guy. Anyway, uh, love this game. You know, sleeper pick here, Demarcus Robinson for Kansas City. Should start opposite uh, Tyreek Hill. 
and a lot of attention obviously going to be on Hill. Demarcus Robinson didn't do anything last week, of course, because they played Denver, but two weeks ago he was very active in the passing game. Keep an eye on him. Not a bad guy with six teams on by looking for a little juice. Demarcus Robinson. All right, I like that call. Uh, Late game, Oakland at Miami, the return of Devontae Parker. Yeah, I love it, too. I mean, a huge addition for the Dolphins. Great matchup for him coming back. The Raiders are terrible defensively. Parker had been getting 8 to 10 targets every single game. Top 12 PPR guy before he got hurt. Lock him in. Love him this week. Jarvis Landry will continue to get his targets, so you start him as well. The backfield without Ajayi, it's probably going to be Kenyon Drake, Damian Williams a little bit in the PPR. You could probably start them both, you know, in a deeper league. Uh, But yeah, it's going to be hard to... Uh, the good news is the bar wasn't raised very high. It's not like a giant was doing anything. So, yeah, I mean, but do you feel confident with the other guy? Not really. Uh, Cutler, the matchup's great, but, you know, he's Jay Cutler, so best of luck with that if you go that way. Um, from the Raiders' perspective, Derek Carr, get him in there. I like the matchup for him. Like Crabtree, like Cooper, uh, like Jordan, uh, Jared Cook. Uh, Jared Cook's having a very nice season, by the way. Yes, uh, so like all those guys, Lynch is back. Screw it. Don't start him. He's not good. <laughs> all right. That brings us to uh, Monday night Monday night game in your team. Uh, Detroit visits Lambeau. Uh, 43 and a half line. That seems kind of low for Green Bay and Detroit. Obviously, it's a Brett, a Brett Hundley factor there. But Lions, two and a half point favorites on the road. I am setting the over-under on Marvin Jones receiving yards at 522. <laughs> He fucking destroyed this defense last year at Lambeau. Tore them to shreds. Matt Stafford loves playing the Packers. Start them both with confidence. Golden Tate's looking good. Uh, I mean, they should be using Theoretic more, but they're not. But he certainly has a shot here if you need him. But I'd feel better if I actually saw them use him before I started him. But again, I do like it here. I, I'm not in on Abdullah, but with six teams on a buy, I might not have a choice. From the Packers' perspective, Aaron Jones should get plenty of volume here. Uh, you can't. I mean, the receivers, you got to start them. I mean, yeah, you got to start Jordy Nelson, Devontae yeah. Adams. But you know, who knows what's going to happen there? Here's what I want to see: is and how are they going to use Ty Montgomery, assuming he's healthy now, coming out of the buy? I, I think it would be. I know Aaron Jones has looked really good. I like him. But I think it would be a mistake to just bury Ty Montgomery on the bench and pretend that he wasn't doing anything productive for you before he got hurt. I mean, he can at least be a third-down receiving guy in that offense. I'm not saying stardom, but I know he's being dropped in a lot of leagues, so I'd be picking him up. And at least let's see what he, how they use him. I, I, I think from the Packers' perspective, they need to keep him involved because they need all the weapons they can ha- use without Aaron Rodgers. Is there any chance he, he gets put back into the an actual wide receiver role in your in your mind, or is that is that ship sailed and gone? I think it's sailed. I mean, they can't. I think they they realize Jamal Williams kind of stinks. So okay. you know, if anything happens to Aaron Jones, you're going back to Ty Montgomery. So, but if you're going to give the ball to Aaron Jones 25 times a game, then yeah, figure out a way to get Montgomery involved because he's not a bum. He's not some guy who should just be relegated to the end of the bench because you found your running back here. Find a way to use him. That should be a priority. I'm hoping it was coming out of the bye. We'll find out on Monday. Sounds good. That's uh, that's pretty much a wrap for Friday. We have our uh, daily drafts going on. We had a bunch going on last night during the game. Uh, if you're interested in that, that's check us out at daily.sportshubtech.com. We got uh, two teamers, three teamers, five teamers, ten teamers. Entries anywhere from five to a hundred bucks. So if you if you're feeling upset about losing Deshaun Watson for the year or something, you want to take it on somebody, come do a weekly draft with us. We'd love to have you in there. Any closing thoughts for us, Tom? Uh. 
I'm going to see Thor Ragnarok tonight. Oh, there I you go. We got fucking talk. juice. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. I love the Marvel films. They're all just outstanding. This one looks like it's going to be maybe as good as any one of them that's been made, which is high praise. They're so damn good. But, uh, yeah, I'm fired up. Going to see Thor Ragnarok, and then I'll start prepping for Sunday. Sounds good. You got to tweet out. Let me know how it is. I got, I got to take my five-year-old, but he's up He's up north with his mom. His mom's actually going deer hunting. Deer hunting season opens in Minnesota tomorrow. So I'm here. I'm, I'm kind of bacheloring it for the weekend, so I, I probably won't be able to go until next uh, Wednesday or Thursday when we get back from St. Louis. So let me know how that, let me know how that goes over Twitter tonight. Yep, will do. All right, sounds good, everybody. We will be back at some point next week. Tom, Greg, and I are all in St. Louis, so I don't know if we'll get a we'll get a podcast done there. We're pretty busy, so it might be uh, Wednesday or Thursday before we're back at you. But we'll get you next week at some point. Have a good weekend, everybody.